Slava Jesus Christ, Slava Navika, glory be to Jesus Christ, glory be forever. It's Father Basil again doing another podcast. And I'm talking again from this book, Light for Life, Part 3, The Mystery Lived, with God with us publications, and talking about our spiritual journey. And we were talking about spiritual warfare, which I think is very important in our spiritual life to learn about and to understand that there are spiritual evil spirits out there from the devil who are trying to keep us away from God. So I'm going to read more from this book. The World, the Flesh, and the Devil. One frequently repeated outline of the forces involved in the spiritual warfare has been in terms of the world, the flesh, and the devil. While not approached in any systematic systematic manner in the scriptures, the elements in this delineation are each treated in the New Testament. From Romans 12.2, Do not be conformed to this world. As we study the tradition, it becomes clear that when the scriptures refer to the world as godless, they are not speaking of the material creation which comes from God or humanity in general. Rather, the world is a value system which sees the creation rather than the creator as the giver of all good gifts. Things exist without reference to God as their author and the one to whom they tend. In this world... Real life has nothing to do with serving God. It may be directly opposed to him or may simply ignore him, but in either case, he is not the center of it. Our contemporary society is by definition secular or of this world. It is living for other than God. Its values, principles, and structures come from the experience of its citizens who are drawn from all and all belief systems. As a result, in the mind of many Christians, the life of, in Christ has been eclipsed by many aspects of culture, the values of the entertainment media, consumerism, Sunday is another workday, Surrounded on all sides by manifestations of a non-Christian society, believers can be assimilated into sharing the same values and assume them to be Christian because everyone does them. On the contrary, we are called to relate all things to God, to bless them, acknowledge Christ's lordship over them, and dedicate their use to his glory. By consciously bringing our actions, relationships, and material goods into the kingdom of God, we restore them to their place in the original creation. We are also called to look with discernment at the values, principles, and priorities of our culture, to adjust our participation in them, and if possible, to help transform them. From Galatians 5.16 do not gratify the desires of the flesh. In the tradition, flesh does not simply refer to the body, nor even to human nature. Rather, beginning with the New Testament, the tradition uses this term to mean whatever within us is broken, separated from God. 
functioning apart from him and thereby acting in opposition to his kingdom. The term flesh refers to that deep-seated and universal disorder in the human condition by which body and mind are often at war with the spirit. That which is meant to serve our growing in the likeness of Christ is now determined to rule, direct, or control. When we follow the desires of the body or the mind and we vote against the spirit, we become carnal, living in the passions of our flesh. From Ephesians 4.27 Give no opportunity to the devil. Our society has mixed feelings about the demonic. Many, believers included, see the concept of a personal force of evil as antiquated, medieval. Others, believers and unbelievers alike, are fascinated by Satan, possession, exorcisms and the like. Some have suggested that we are more intrigued by the devil than by God. The scriptures and the entire tradition are firm in saying that the Christian as a follower of Christ is by definition at war with the devil, the prince of this world. For we are not contending against flesh and blood, but against the principalities, against the powers, against the world rulers of this present darkness, against the spiritual host of wickedness in the heavenly places. Couched in military terms, the spiritual warfare is described as first and foremost a battle with the great dragon, the deceiver of the whole world, a battle in which Christ, the heavenly power, as an individual believer, are engaged. From the first moment of our entry into the church, we are urged to blow upon Satan and spit on him. Instructing new converts, St. John Chrysostom spoke in athletic rather than military terms of the contest with Satan. After baptism, we are going to strip for the combat against him. He will be our opponent in the boxing belt and the fight. Let us learn then, during this time of training, the grips he uses, the source of his wickedness, and how it can easily hurt us. Then, when the contest comes, we will not be caught unaware or be frightened, as we would be if we were seeing new wrestling holds, because we have practiced among ourselves and have learned all his uh, artifices, we will confidently join grips with him in combat. The tradition numbers an entire host of these artifices. The accuser, the actual meaning of the term Satan, infects people with a sense of self-condemnation or even irrational fears, keeping them from effectively trusting in God. Conversely, he may make us insensitive to the reality of our action sinfulness so that it becomes more and more habitual in us. St. John Climacus describes this two-pronged attack in terms of sexual sins, which many can identify. Our relentless enemy, the teacher of fornication, whispers that God is lenient and particularly merciful to this passion since it is so very natural. Yet if we watch the wiles of the demons, 
we will observe that after we have actually sinned, they will affirm that God is a just and ex an exonerable judge. They say one thing to lead us into sin, another to overwhelm us in despair. The ultimate weapon against any of the deceptions of the enemy is to reaffirm our belief that Christ has ultimately defeated Satan. In addition, since he has connected us to that victory in our baptism, we can be confident that he who is in you is greater than he who is in the world. Thus, we know that while skirmishes will continue on all fronts until the end, the victory has been decisively won in Christ. We proclaim this at the Vesper Liturgy of Pascha on Great Saturday, placing these words in the mouth of the ruler of death. My power has been trampled upon. The shepherd has been crucified, and he raised up Adam. I have been deprived of those over whom I ruled, and all those whom I swallowed in my strength I have disgorged. He who was crucified has cleared the tombs, and the power of death avails no more. So, how does Satan try to get us away from God? Well, the devil is very clever in, in trying to get us um, to see our bodily passions as the most uh, ple pleasurable and that when we when we sin against our body when we sin against how what we were made to be in our lives we are sinning against God and uh, again I think this this last uh, uh, paragraph I read where it's uh, from Easter when Jesus rose from the dead and gave us that new chance to overcome our sinfulness, to overcome the death that sin brings to us. The, the Satan has no control over us anymore. When we put our faith in Jesus Christ, Satan has no more control over us at whatsoever. And that's what we have to remember. And it's, it's, I tell people all the time, you know, everyone thinks that the devil is this, uh, has the same strength as Jesus, and that's not true. The devil was a created being. The devil was a fallen angel. The devil is, is just a created being by God. And he has absolutely no power over God. He cannot be as powerful as God because he's a, the, the devil is a creature like we are. So when we put our, when we fear the devil, when we put fear, you know, when we are scared of, of what the devil can do to us, we should not fear the devil because God is more powerful. God is way more powerful than anything the devil can do to us. When we turn our lives to God, we will be saved. We will be spiritually saved. That's, that's basically our faith. This is how we have to practice our faith. 
So whenever the devil is tempting us to do something sinful, we have to just say, you know, Satan, you are absolutely not as powerful as God. You will not tempt me. You will not give me those thoughts of sinfulness. I will you know, turn those away from me and, and this turn to God, Almighty Father. God, the Almighty Father. Because God has the ultimate power in this world. God has the ultimate control of everything that's going to happen in this world. And we have to trust in God every day. God bless you. Have a great day.